Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Hey, good morning, Connect Church. We are so grateful that you are here today. And whether you're joining us physically or online, we are, we are so glad to have you together today. We're going to make much of Jesus. And I love that sermon bumper right there and the celebration of what God has done in the life of Connect Church over the past few years. And as we continue to seek the Lord's direction for the future, you know, this past Wednesday night, uh, we were at Kiker Farms together. And man, that was so much fun. And I'm going to tell you, it's one of the highlights, even of our three years, amidst all the good things we've seen God do, is I, I walked around that farm. And I watched as just our church family visitors, some of you invited your ones to come with you to Kiker Farms. I watched as you spent time together and just fellowship together. It was absolutely amazing. And Zach did a great job putting together a video celebrating this past Wednesday night. Hey, but can I share with you? my favorite video from Wednesday night. Uh, so Joey back there in the sound booth, he is our lead deacon, just had a birthday. And uh, his wife, Jordan, uh, Aaron and I practically grew up with all of our lives. And she was at Kiker Farm. And let me just share with you one of my favorite memories from Kiker Farms, if you would. Uh, guys, show that video if you would. <laughs> hey, doesn't that look like Monday, right? Like, didn't it? She, I mean, in, in the weight limit is what, Joey? 400 pounds? No, I'm kidding. She was, uh, she was on a kid's thing. And, uh, man, I tell you what, it's just so good that as a church family, we get to fellowship and to laugh together. And, and even in this season of time, as uh, four weeks ago, I shared with you our, our five-year vision for Connect Church, a vision that extends from our neighborhood to the very nations, a vision that is grounded in God's mission to save the world through the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ, a vision that sees where God is moving and for you and I as his church to join him there. And you know what? The word is out. We need a new home. We need a new church home. But this is what we're keenly aware of as a church. As the psalmist would write in Psalm 127.1, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. You know, it's amazing as a church, we desire for God to build this house. I love what Leonard Ravenhill once said. He said, anyone can draw a crowd, but only the Holy Spirit can build a church. And we want the Holy Spirit to continue to build Connect Church. But we know this, to build a new home, it's going to take an investment. An investment in prayer. By the way, where we have been the past three weeks in our sermon series, just talking about how God moves and utilizes our, our prayers. But we also know this, not only is it an investment of prayer, but an investment of our treasure as this church as well. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. And as you turn there, one of the things that we begin to see from Jesus is that Jesus here teaches us an invaluable lesson concerning what we treasure. And he teaches us a lesson on the treasure we have in this life. And you know what I love about Matthew chapter 6? It's a reminder to us that God doesn't just care about some of the areas of our lives, that God is invested in every area of our lives. In, in every, he cares about it 
all. And I love that about him because he's intimately involved and cares about every area of your life and mine. Especially, hey, listen, and particularly today, what we treasure and how we spend our treasure. Look at what Jesus said here in Matthew chapter 6. He begins to teach. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin begin to destroy. Now, I want to stop just for a moment because here's what we know of the ancient world. That those who had wealth, that that wealth commonly consisted of precious metals and cloth. And so it was a, it was a real worry. It was a real concern that both moth and vermin, her creatures, could destroy that wealth in the hot, sandy, Palestinian climate. And so those with wealth had great worry of what could happen to their treasure. And Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy. But watch this. And where thieves break in and steal. Hey, by the way, this isn't just a first century concern. There's a whole lot of thieving going on nowadays. How many times has one of your cards been hit by somebody spending something that wasn't you in some state that wasn't, or you are nowhere to be found? And it is a, a thievery and, and stealing and breaking in. And it is something that transcends cultures and all time. And so Jesus is laying it out there, hey, when it comes to our treasures here on earth, I mean, they could be gone. They could be destroyed. They could be stolen and taken away from us. And that's why he begins to teach us this, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, I want to speak to that term. Man, what do treasures in heaven look like? Well, it speaks to that which you and I can take with us beyond the grave. Treasures in heaven are those things that we can take with us beyond our own grave. It's the love of Christ we take with us. Our character, our obedience to his commands, the souls that we win for Christ. Because rust or moth or vermin, hey, he teaches they can't destroy. Where thieves do not break in and steal. And I love this in verse 21. Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Hey, where your treasure is, there your heart, that's where we're going to find your heart. That's where we're going to find what's, what you're passionate about. And church, I got a question. Where does your treasure lie? Where is it that we find your heart? Here's one of the things that Jesus begins to teach us. And what we begin to know is true. That treasures in heaven are laid up as treasures on earth are laid down. Treasures in heaven are laid up as treasures on earth are laid down. And so the question becomes, what is my greatest treasure? As believers in Christ, as, as his church, what is our greatest treasure? And I want you to hear me. Without question, our greatest treasure, Connect Church, is Jesus. Our greatest treasure is him. The one who died on the cross for us. The one who emptied the grave. Jesus without question. Without rival. And he is our greatest treasure. 
And because we treasure him above all, because we treasure him first and foremost, we as a church treasure what he treasures. And that's people. All people. Consider what Jesus taught Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that what he, he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life without question. John 3.16 teaches us that Jesus treasures souls. So therefore, as his church, as his bride, we treasure souls. We treasure people. And not just some of them. But we treasure all people. And here's what we find, even as our, we look at our five-year vision at Connect Church, that our five-year vision reflects what we treasure. Our five-year vision as a church is a reflection of what we treasure. Let me just remind you of what our five-year vision looks like. In our five-year vision, we treasure in our kids and the generation of children to come. According to Barna Research, half of Americans who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus have done so by the age of 12. It is a reminder that the best time to connect a person to the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ is when they're a child. We see this that in the life of our own community, that we've got some incredible children's space, but I want you to hear me. In the incredible space we have here, we are running 80 to 90% full on any given Sunday. Not on special Sunday, just on any given Sunday. And you know what? Here's what's going to happen. Man, together we are going to build the best children's space around in order to create an environment where children hear the gospel and they're made to be disciples. Hey, our new home. It's going to serve as a center of foster care training and adoption preparation in Sevier County. We're going to host together Tennessee key training classes that are necessary for families to become foster parents. Over 150 children today are in the custody of DCS in our community. And we will continue to pray, and we will continue to work to ensure that every child removed from their home has access to a loving foster care family or a forever family. You see, our five-year vision treasures children, treasures kids. And we also as a church want to be on the front lines to love and to minister to a mom and a dad during the most tragic day of their life, the day that they lose a child. As a church, unapologetically, we love life from the womb to the tomb, that every life is valuable because every human being bears the image of God, no matter how small. In the next five years, we will break ground on a cemetery that will be offered free of charge to any Severe County family who loses a child. And our church will stand ready to love and to minister to those families in their most tragic of days. We treasure children. We treasure 
our kids. But we also treasure our students, our, our college students, and our, our young adults. Hey, let me remind you, we aren't a church that has a student ministry. We are a student ministry. We're not a church who has a college ministry. We are a college ministry. We're not a church who has a young adult ministry. We are a young adult ministry. We treasure those in the life of our church and not see them as just the next generation but the today generation that we must reach with the gospel. According to Barna, 35% of Americans who are in Christ say that they came to Christ. They became Christians between the ages of 13 and 21. By the way, if you're keeping count, 85% of Americans who are in Christ were either saved as a child or a student, which means we must reach our students, our college students, our young adults with the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. We must connect them with Christ through community in his church. We treasure students, college students, and young adults here at Connect Church. You know why? Because Jesus treasures them. And in an outflow of our, our, our treasuring children and students and families in our community, I, wanted, I want you to hear this, you ready? Kingdom education is growing across our nation, and it needs to be an option for families right here in our backyard here in Sevier County. And the church ought to be on the forefront of kingdom education. And by the way, we will be. On average, churches utilize their facilities less than 10% of the time in a given week. That means this, most churches sit empty most of the time. As we build this new home, that will not be the case for us. We are going to utilize this new home here in Sevier County for the, what some of the biggest needs that we have, and that is of child care, of preschool education, and Christian and kingdom education. As a church, we want to build the greatest Christian academy in the southeast to graduate Christian leaders, husbands and wives, moms and dads, business leaders, pastors, missionaries, and much more to reach our neighborhood and the very nations with the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. But you see, we also treasure singles, young and older couples, families, widows, and widowers. You know, according to Barna Research, only 25% of Americans are in a church somewhere. Juxtapose that to the population of Sevier County. That means on this morning, over 75,000 people are in nobody's church. 75,000 people. We need to create more space so that more people can connect with God's family. We run on average somewhere between 80 and 90% full in here with small social distancing standards. Our paved parking is filling up. And here's the deal as a church. We treasure all people in every season of life in our community and fill every church up in Sevier County for every service that they offer, and we still don't put a dent in the 75,000 who are nobody's church. We treasure all people. 
we also treasure not only our neighborhood, but the very nations. Our heartbeat is to see that the sun never sets on the mission work of Connect Church. That wherever the sun is in the sky around the world, that Connect Church partners and our people are actively sharing the gospel and making disciples. We desire to start two churches in unreached people groups across our planet. We want to plant more churches in our community, in our region, and wherever God opens the door. We treasure our neighborhood and the very nations in our five-year vision. And we also treasure families and individuals with special needs. You know, it's estimated that only 5 to 10% of the world's disabled are effectively reached with the gospel, making those with special needs, that community, one of the largest unreached, or I would, I would add underreached people groups on the planet. Jesus was aware that this population would be overlooked, that individuals with special needs needed to be the special target of his great commission, and we see that played out in Luke chapter 14. We treasure children and individuals with special needs. In our new home, we will build a large space designed specifically for children with special needs, a large sensory perception room that will serve to foster an environment where children with special needs can effectively learn more about the gospel, about Jesus. We'll build a a playground that is inclusive for all children, those with special needs and those who don't have special needs, so that all children can play together and they can learn from each other. In our future home, we'll build a coffee shop that'll be run and staffed by individuals with special needs. We'll offer job training, and Connect Church will partner with local businesses to employ individuals with special needs who work at our coffee shop. Amy Wright the founder of Vidi and Bo's Coffee Shop, a coffee shop whose model we love and is run by individuals with special needs, said of her two young children with Down syndrome, I wouldn't change you for the world, but I will change the world for you. And Connect Church, we are going to bring such change to the world. Why? Because Jesus treasures all people Individuals with special needs are treasured by him, and so are their families. You see, our five-year vision is strategic in going after what we treasure. And as we go after what we treasure, we also know it's going to take our treasure. Our investment and our generosity as believers, as a church, to see this vision happen. Hey, hey, listen. In the conversation of Jesus being our greatest treasure, are you going after what you treasure with your treasure? Can I tell you something that my family and I have learned from my wife Aaron, even to our kids? That investing in his church, investing our treasure in his kingdom gives our family the best return on investment that we can make. Have you ever seen this bumper sticker? He who dies with the most toys wins. You ever see that like on a big truck driving down the road? I've seen this bumper sticker so many times. And you know what's amazing is I I believe if we're not careful, we've bought into the idea that really life consists of how much we we can have. 
But what we begin to see in God's economy, the person who wins is not defined by how much they have, but how much they give. By how much you give. Not how rich you are, but how generous you are with what you have. Hey, by the way, those who die with the most toys still die, and they can't take their toys with them. So what is it that goes with us beyond the grave? It's what we treasure the most in this life. J.D. Greer makes this assessment. I love this. Most of us think that generosity, that giving, is something God wants from us. But according to the Apostle Paul, it is something that God wants for us. Hey, giving and generosity is not just what God wants from us. But Paul would teach us something that God wants for us. What happens is, is we begin to be worried about what we have to give up when we are generous. But Paul talks in terms of what God wants us to gain. Consider 2 Corinthians 9, 10 and 11. He who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of, watch, your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. That, that phrasing there in the Greek language, in, in every way, is a big, expansive word. And it includes money, yeah. It includes our treasure, yes. But it also means so much more. It means in every way, in every area of your life. You see, God desires for his kids to be generous in every way, including how we spend and invest. And give, I love this quote from a pastor, the richest people on earth are those who invest their lives in heaven. You know, I want to stop here just for a moment. You might be visiting with us and going, man, did I pick the wrong Sunday. Maybe you've not been to church. This always happens. You've not been to church in 20 years because 20 years ago, you heard a pastor preach on giving. And you were convinced then all the church cared about was getting your money. Let me tell you something. That is not our aim, and that is not our goal. Take two minutes, look over the podcast for the past year, and you're going to see that. See, what happens is nobody ever fusses when a pastor preaches three weeks on your prayer life. But you begin to talk about my money, and you begin to rub against what I set up if I'm not careful as a God in my life. And you begin to challenge that. We begin to convince ourselves that God is, God is concerned with every area. But don't you touch or talk about my money. And I'm going to tell you something. I've had that attitude. And I learned that generosity is the quickest way to put to death the God of money in my life. And so we preach and we teach and we share the truth of Christ that where our treasure is, that is where our heart is. And we see how God moves. You see, Paul writes Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 7, speaking of money, he says, but godliness with contentment, watch, is great gain. It's a great return on our investment. For we brought nothing into the world. Guys, and we take nothing out of it take nothing out of it. Our toys don't go with us. 
See that word contentment there in 1 Timothy 6? Can I just paraphrase the meaning of that word in its original language? You ready? Contentment looks like this. Because I have Jesus, I have all I need. I am most content in my life, with my family, with my marriage, with my finances, with my work, with my staff and my team, when I am convinced that I have Jesus. And because I have Jesus, I have all I need. And it allows us, a family of six, in the midst of inflation even, to be content in every area of our life. Hey, can I ask you, church? Not asking for a show of hands. Are you, are you content? You see, passages like these teach us what it is that when Jesus is our treasure, when we invest our lives and our resources in his kingdom, the return on investment is contentment in this life, no matter what this life brings. I love what John Wesley the founder of the Methodist church once said. He said, make all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. Church, I want you to hear me. I am not a prosperity gospel preacher, but I neither am a preacher who says that Scripture tells us to take a vow of poverty. Rather, Scripture teaches us to prioritize Christ in every area of our lives, including our finances. Last Christmas, uh, somebody dropped an anonymous note in our offering plate. Um, I hate those. Because um, usually they say bad things about my mom. It is just awful. I love this one. I, I just want to read it to you if, you, if, if I could. It's anonymous. I, I don't know who sent this in. and So if you're in here today, thanks. Hopefully, you're okay with me using it. I got, and I love this. She writes, I can tell it's a girl because I can read it. She says, I'm not a faithful giver, but I'm striving to improve my Christian walk daily. I've always felt that if I do the right thing, go to church regularly, encourage others to be faithful to Jesus, then I'm doing my part. However, in the past couple of months, God has been speaking heavily to me that I should be and I can be doing more. I am much more, she writes, than a complacent Christian. I'm a child of God. Isn't that good? I'm a child of God. This has stirred me to be more devoted in reading my Bible daily and making daily devotional and journal writing a priority. She says, thanks, Pastor Anthony, for challenging us and pushing us to live for God and with God. She says, I often worry about making ends meet and live paycheck to paycheck. Golly, most of us are there. So blindly and faithfully giving was something I struggled with and found myself saying, well, next paycheck, or maybe at the end of the month. Maybe I'll give. However, after careful reflection, I have found that my, priori my priorities are in all the wrong places. I prayed for Jesus to guide me, as I challenge myself to do better for him, my donation to the church today is my next step in faithfully and obediently obeying Jesus. Please pray that Jesus continues to call on his faithful servants to do more and to be more. 
I have decided to pray over each and every donation I give. Pray with me that those who feel distant and lonely, especially through the holidays, know they are never alone and feel the warm embrace and love of Jesus. Man, what I love about this, I have no idea how much she gave or how she gave. What I love about a note like this is that the more and more she treasured Jesus, the more and more that was played out in generosity in her life. By the way, I'm not just talking about money. Generosity in every area of her heart and her life. The more and more she treasured Jesus, the more and more generous she was. J.L. Kraft, one-time head of Kraft Cheese Corporations. By the way, and don't you thank God for that guy? <laughs> I mean, cheese and macaroni. Gosh, I wish I could kiss him on the mouth. Anyway, I love this guy. Listen to what he once said. The only investment I ever made, which has paid consistently, increasing dividends, is the money I have given to the Lord. Hey, can I just remind you of something, church? You can't outgive God. Hey, let me remind you of that again. You can't outgive God. He always gives the best return on our investments. Hey, believer, are you generous? Are you generous? You see, it's through our generosity, investing our treasure in his kingdom, that God is faithful and returns to us something that this world searches for and something no money can buy. Contentment. So let me give you a side note here. Hey, can I, can I give you a great investment opportunity for a minute and a half? In light of our five-year vision, can I give you a, a great place to invest your treasure? How about in the five-year vision of Connect Church? By the way, if you don't have one of these, out in our front welcome area, this is a booklet that kind of explains what all that looks like. On your seats, there is a card, a small card, where you can watch our vision online. You could just scan that QR and you could watch that. Hey, can I give you a great investment opportunity? Why not in the five-year vision of Connect Church? Here's what we're calling our church to do. Now, if you're visiting with us, hey, hey listen, just suffer through just another minute with me, would you? But for our Connect Church family, and we're calling on you. We're, we're asking for you to go above and beyond your tithe or your normal generosity for the next two years. Hey, and I want to say this. Thank you to everyone who gives faithfully, month in and month out, what you've decided in your heart to give. But would you consider investing on top of that to our five-year vision? And here's a big reason why. We could go into debt. I could call up the bank tomorrow, and the bank could write a note for all of this. I do not want to lead us ahead into years of debt to where our children are paying off the debt that we incur today. I want to do this as debt-free as possible. I want to do this debt-free 
And you know what? We need your treasure to be a part of that. And how do we give? By the way, can I just draw your attention to this? If you'll grab this just for a moment, and, and if you're visiting, you can doodle on it. I, I don't care. You can just draw stuff on it. It's good. Hey, but, but if, you, if you just take a moment to look at this, this pledge card. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be collecting this as a church. And this is where you sit down at the kitchen table like we have, and you go, hey, look, do we want to invest? I'll be honest with you, we're in. Hopefully, you know, we're in. And if we do want to invest, above our, our regular tithing, our generosity, what do we want to invest over the next two years? What that means is if, if your family gives maybe $100 a month in tithing and generosity Connect Church, on top of that 100 how much do we want to invest to see this five-year five vision come to be? You write out that total, and you write on the pledge card, man, we want to do that monthly or maybe a one-time big gift. But I'm going to tell you this pledge card's important because if you invest over the next two years, it allows us to financially plan over the next two years what it looks like to see this five-year vision come to be. This is a pretty good investment opportunity. You can give, a, you can give one time. You can give multiple times. Hey, monthly investment, that's a big deal for us. It helps us to chart. Um, our plan and our schedule for this project. Hey, there's outside-the-box giving. After talking with a couple pastors who've done this well, man, they have people who give stocks and bonds. They have people who sign over land deeds. They have people who give cryptocurrency, lottery tickets. I'm not I'm kidding about lottery tickets, but anyway, but if you do win, don't settle on 10%. You've got to cover that with 20 Anyway, uh, anything that's legal, Man, people will give investments to see a vision come. Hey, if you're a business leader, an owner, leverage your business, your profits to be generous with your business. You're in tax write-offs. Finding a way that your business can help fuel the five-year vision here at Connect Church. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a couple of pledge Sundays. If you're ready today to fill this out, then I ask you to go ahead and do it. Maybe you thought, you know what, I, I need to pray. Maybe you've not been in one of our tent of meetings yet, these black tents that you see across our campus. Maybe on your way out today, go to one and pray. And come next Sunday, ready to drop this off in the offering plate. Hey, thank you for investing in this fight. It's going to take all of us, from the widow's might to the millionaire's million. It's going to take all of us to see this this vision come true. You know, I was uh, reading the story the early days of Dallas Theological Seminary. And early on, they had gotten to a place where they didn't have the money they needed to go on and to continue on as a seminary in the next month. They needed $10,000. And so the renowned Bible teacher, Harry Ironside, a lecturer at the school, brought all the students together, and here's what he prayed. Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Please sell some of those cattle to help us meet this need. Shortly after the prayer meeting, the school received in the mail a $10,000 check sent in postmark days earlier by a friend and supporter of the school 
who had no idea, no idea of the urgent prayer request of Harry Ironside. The man simply jotted on a note. Hey, I wanted to give this to the school. And this money comes from the sale of some of my cattle. The Sunday after, we preached on our vision first. See, we've been, we've been talking this vision for a year and a half, and I realize that now this is the second time you've heard it. Right after we got done preaching the first Sunday, on the next Sunday, down in Connect Kids, a Ziploc bag was given to our team. And somebody brought this to my office. Now listen, this is not normally how we handle giving, okay? This is a little bit outside the scope. But I looked at it, and there's a simple note. And it says this, that money for God and the new church that we're building. Love Wiley. Wiley, probably, what, six years old? There he is, right over there. And you know what? He went and he got together $5.80. There's a $2 bill here, which is really cool. About 100 pennies and the rest some change. And you know, Wiley, we're going to use this. But, buddy, I'm going to hold on to this for as long as I can to remember that even a child gets investing in what God's doing here on this earth. And you know what my prayer is, Wiley, that today and over the next couple of weeks and over the next couple of years that God will take this $5.80 and he'll multiply it a thousand times through the generosity of our church. Now today, if we're not careful, we'll dove into a, a giving campaign. And I never want it in there. Because in all this talk of treasure and investment, can I remind you of something? Of how much God treasures, how much God has invested in each one of you. That in the darkest seasons of our life, in the ugliest parts of our sin and our rebellion, let me tell you how treasured you are of God. Let me tell you how much He's invested in you. The Scripture says that He who knew no sin became sin so that you and I could be the righteousness of God. Today we talk about investing earthly treasure. To see eternal work that God can do. I'm going to tell you what Jesus did. He invested his blood and his life into every one of us here today. That's why we can be generous, not just with our money. Again, it's not just about money, but with our very lives. Why we can love and be generous because he first loved us. And showed us generosity. And if you're here today, I want you to know more than we treasure this wonderful space that we love so dearly here, more than we treasure our five-year vision, what matters most today is the person who doesn't know him, who might be in this room, and you've never given your heart and your life to the one who invested everything in you. If you don't have a relationship with him, 
Would you give him your heart and your life today? In church, if he saved you, would you commit today to be as loving and generous as he's been to you? Let's pray together, Cameron. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.